The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Once again, everybody, welcome to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Uh, we are just going to keep rolling on the train that is J-Lit Weekend. And boy, do we have a show for you. Contrary to what you just heard in the background, it will not... Oh, is that what that was? I thought it was you yawning. How did you think it was, Steve? I thought he was yawning just Steve, then. it was clearly a train. Steve, it was a goddamn train. All right. I guess we'll do that again. Oh, no, we're live, pal. We're live. <laughs> We're doing it live. All right. So, anyway. We're live. We're rolling into night two, but before night two itself happened, we had we're live, pal. the Future Cup. So this this episode is dedicated to the entire day that then led into night two. We'll get into that. But first, of course, shout out to all of our sponsors. Thanks to SmartMark Video, who takes care of all of our video needs. They are there recording. And don't forget that Jaylet's going to actually be coming out on Blu-ray. So when that hits, be excited for that. Uh Check out all of our past DVDs on MP4 stream or buy the DVDs from smartmarkvideo.com. Also, thanks to Angelo's Pizza feeding us here today once again and mm-hmm. feeding all of you with their award-winning pizza at the live events at Mount Carmel. If you would like to try Angelo's, visit them on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And for Christ's sake, check them out on Monday nights. It's half-price pizza night. Dine in, but you eat two slices. You can take the rest to go, buddy. There it is, a little fucking little life hack. How about that? And then, of course, as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who handles all of our graphic and design needs, and they also print on any sort of apparel. Literally anything that you can think of, whether you have a small business or you're somebody just trying to make a name for yourself and get people to buy merch, you can do all of that through Jack Prince. Visit them at jackprince.com. That's J-A-K Prince.com. That's right. That voice that you just heard is the bone collector, Dominic Garini. Voices you heard previous to that, other than my own, was Alex Worldwide Keller. He is back again. My name, of course, is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts. As always, we'll be bo- uh, joined by AIW owner John Thorne. And we are still packed full here in the studio apartment apartment heights ohio with brian carson dr daniel c rockingham taping these like a tna fucking taping schedule <laughs> and weird body that's is so, it before or after anthem the last session in the studio apartment everybody on time fuck that out 
Uh, there you go. So as alluded to, uh, if you listened last week, we can't did say that. What's I that? Never want a job. <laughs> we can tell by your current financial state. Well, we li- we did Jaylit night one last week, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. We are rolling into uh, day two. We have the morning of. I'll leave that to you guys. Those of you who were at the hotel, before we even get into Back to the Future, there were plenty of things that happened before that. Am I right? Don't give him the microphone. Hold on. I was making a drink. Uh, I'm trying to get it on the worldwide level, but... <laughs> I don't know if I mean, possible. You got some time. I mean, we kind of left off at the hotel after party, which I did not get to experience a lot of. Uh, I know that there was a lot of destruction of my hotel room. Um which, uh, I don't know, I guess there was some professional wrestling going on. Allegedly. Allegedly. These are all alleged, uh, Mr. John Thorne. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get into that a little, a little more. Uh, luckily, I found out against the reports and what I thought was I did have a smoking room. So it was okay that people were smoking all over my room. Worldwide is very upset because he was going out on the balcony the whole time. Uh... <laughs> but uh yeah so the america's best value in was it fucking was in pristine condition uh compared to years prior uh i don't know what the fuck happens in that hotel but it can't be good i think the best thing we can say about the america's best value in on jail weekend uh the positive is that it wasn't seized by the government that's uh it was open positive. it know. was open it sh- fucking should probably be. should be, should be. <laughs> yeah i judging by having dr- driven by the hojo versus driving by america's best value in i have no clue how they both haven't been seen oh so it's right next to the i did get i did control. i did get the story on why the hojo was seized oh yes. supposedly Great. by the yeah. government it's not as sensational as people may may think you know there's a lot of there was a lot of rumor and innuendo floating around about why the government would seize a hotel uh, so close to the freeway. But uh, it turns out a man fell through the third floor <laughs> to, the, to the second floor. Right through. They, and they said that that is a, that is a dangerous building code violation. I mean, uh, because hold the floor now. Agree to disagree. Because you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to fall through the entire floor. Uh, Probably not any Because they say that that's not safe. But, into the defense of the Howard Johnson, how are you going to shut down a whole hotel just because one guy fell through one, one floor. ceiling? Clearly, f- slash there floor. plenty of other floors and ceilings that people didn't fall through. Exactly. And we could have stayed there. We only needed 20 of them. And I'm sure that there wasn't any blood we on the walls. Bob Evans. The fucking... The free Bob Evans thing is was really the fucking thing that set the deal. Because I love getting some fucking good breakfast soup from Bob Evans every fucking jail at morning. Anything from the hotel there, gentlemen? I did not stay at the hotel. I took Colby Red and Joshua Bishop back to my apartment to get a good night's sleep before Back to Future Cup the next day. Great plan. Okay, so now that you say a good night's sleep, that's where I come into effect. John Thorne, being very responsible, earlier in the week goes, Dom, uh, you're probably the most responsible student. Can I entrust in you to be there Saturday morning uh, Powerbomb is going to be filming and they're going to be using the ring and everything. And I said, sure, John, I'll be a responsible adult. What time do you need me there? He then goes, oh, they want to be there. What, what, what was it? Six? Originally it was seven. 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 So I just at that moment think, fuck my life. I have to wrestle. I have to wrangle everybody. 
Uh, I probably won't sleep because my room is literally right across from Thorns. Um, because I'm not going home because I live an hour away. So I'm just like, you know what? Whatever. Team player, take them for the team, and I will be there to open the doors while they film Powerbomb the movie. Starring, starring not Worldwide Keller, not starring Weird Body Evan Adams. Good! St <laughs> starring Alex Daniels, Gregory Iron, Britt Baker, Matt Cross, Dick Justice, and many others. Dave the Potato. Oh, Dave the potato. Gotta, oh, and of course, Grandma Cross, which I will say, if we're going to talk about the Powerbomb taping, Steve, Grandma Cross, yet again, another MVP. She was, During yeah. the Powerbomb taping. Because I showed up later on along on. with uh, referee Jake Clemens okay. so that we can at least... Yeah. Yes, as Jake Clemens, uh, I will give Jake fourth quarter Clemens... Uh, famous Twitcher Jake Clemens <laughs> props. He was there. Connected worldwide. <laughs> Connected he was everywhere. there Hashtag. early uh, to hang out with me as I was thinking, oh my God, I'm here. And uh, they're filming this movie that I have no real affiliation with. But thank you, Jake, there's for no, being there. There's no fucking way I was going to be at a 7 a.m. movie taping. Fuck yeah. No. Well, we did get ourselves a nice little brunch at XYZ. We did. Um, Thorne was. I took John Thorne's place uh, and I ate the corned beef hash. That's that's great. That's X Y Z. I wish I wish they would host fucking the after parties and just do fucking late night brunches, dude. Oh, that'd be amazing. I don't even think they serve food that late. Fuck it. Go in there and talk to them. All right. That's let's, a, let's that's make a great some deals, Steve guy. That's your Corned job. Hash. Oh, coming out of one of the shows. That'd be incredible. Tracy Williams thinks that there may have been human feces spread all over his room. They gave they gave him a new room though. Once he once he brought them up and and Not showed a them for blood. No, not well, blood. The, I guess the question is, was he in a non-smoking room? I think he was non-smoking. Well, so they said that's what it was. they said this is an unacceptable conditions. Unacceptable for a non-smoking room, but in a smoking room, that may have been okay. So, some other morning musings from Jaylit night one. Um, it got to be about noon. We got back from our so, well, our this, brunch. So this is this is what I, this is my situation. I am. Coming back towards the hotel, uh, Tim Donce texts me. He wants to go to breakfast. Uh, I drive by the America's Best Value Inn, and there is ambulances actively outside about 10, 30, 11 a.m. <laughs> and I go, fuck. This is, God, this is not good. Because I know that there is fucking... A lot of partying going on. Stop talking over the fucking podcast. So I fucking, I drive by and there's ambulances outside the America's Best Value Inn. So I like pull up and they're like wheeling somebody out and I'm trying to see like who it is. Because I just, I just have a, I just have a feeling, you know what I mean? It's somebody. And I can't see and I don't want to like. Dude, you're like the worst. Like you, not... wasted, That's fine, but don't be an asshole on the side, worldwide. You just gotta relax. Shut up! Shut up! Oh. <laughs> yeah, you need some. Yeah, you need some before I fucking brawl for all you. <laughs> Shoot. So anyway, I fucking, I'm trying to see who's in this ambulance. I can't see. I don't want to like get out and like peek through the ambulance window, you know? Is your speculation fan or talent? All the above. 
Okay. Worst case scenario. Because <laughs> I know how hard the the wrestlers are partying, and I know how hard the fans attempt to party, and sometimes the fans annoy the wrestlers by trying to fucking hang with them and be like be like part of the crew. Right. You know, there's a there's like a fine line of like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. Like, why are the fuck are there fans here still? You know, so and then there's the Kenny Wang line of wide open balconies at the Americas of Best Value, and so that is another very scary thought right. process. There's balconies at this hotel. There's all sorts of ways for people to get injured and die. And there's been plenty of alcohol passed around. Yes. So allegedly. I'm thinking, fuck, somebody's dead. I go to Bob Evans. I meet fucking Tim Dons. Uh There is like, so also at Bob Evans, there's like a table of like several wrestlers. But like, none of the, none of the, like, so the people that are at breakfast are like LFC, or Joe, Joe, Joe Sposto. Leonard uh, Carson is dead, I believe, so. Robles. Tracy Williams. So, like, none of the, like, people that you would assume could have fallen off a balcony late at night. Right. All uh, the people you would expect to see up and functioning. Up, up, and, and bushy -tailed. up and getting breakfast in the morning, you know? So I'm like, okay, this doesn't make me feel better. Uh, <laughs> and Tim Dons shows up and fucking he's explaining to me the night. And he goes, nobody knows where Joey Janelle is. His phone's not working. And I go, there's an ambulance. There was an ambulance when I drove by. He said, yeah, I know. I was in the, I was in the lobby trying to see who they were wheeling out, but I could not, I, I could not see because they had it. They, they had the stretcher covered up like it was a dead body. So I was like, oh, fuck. You know, and uh, I get to the, I, I get to the venue and I see more guys. I see like Colin Delaney's there. Colin Delaney, prime suspect for a guy that could have died jail at night one. Sure. He's there. And I go, okay, this is good. You know, he's there. Uh, he's a man that may or may not have been arrested at previous jail at night ones. Uh, so I go, okay, this is a good sign. Colin's here. And then more people start rolling in, you know, uh, as Back to the Future sub starting to, you know, getting ready to start. And everyone's going, hey, have you heard from Janella? Have you heard from Janella? I go, no, I haven't. And then I, I, somebody goes, let me call him. Straight to voicemail. His phone goes straight to voicemail. Uh, so he's, he's missing at this point for the person. Somebody saw him last at like 4 o'clock in the morning. He went, off, he went off into the fucking, into the hallway, into the abyss. So uh, anyway, I think at this point, Joey Janela <laughs> may be in the hospital. Uh, and I don't. I really don't know what to do because I'm fucking still drunk at this point. But so I go, well, let's get this fucking show started, <laughs> and we'll figure it out. Yeah, on the co-assigned note of that, it was just I remember passing Tracy Williams at the merchandise tables before the show started. He goes, "Yeah, man, uh, don't know what happened to Joey. Um, no one knows where he's at. His phone doesn't work. Um, hope he's there by call time." We may have lost him. And he never, and he wasn't in the hotel with. He was supposed to room with Tracy Williams. He was not in that hotel. He never made it to that yes. hotel. Yes, my last contact with Joey Janello was him eating a quesarito at the Taco Bell parking lot. 
in lovely Brooklyn, Ohio. So at this point, no one knows where Joey Janela is at, Steve. It's about 3 uh, o'clock in about the afternoon. It's about 3 o'clock. Thorne comes up to me and says, uh, let's get the show started. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, Joey not scheduled to be on Back to the Future Cup. Right, so I figured let's give him a couple hours. Maybe he's sleeping somewhere. Or maybe, you know, a fan fucking, you know, fucking took him to get food. You know, who knows? You know yeah. what I mean? But it's worth noting the point of the real point of concern here, too, is that everybody, there was an ambulance. <laughs> yes, there's an ambulance in anybody that would really be contacted to find Joey or go get Joey. All a part of the show. Right. Everybody busy for the next several hours for the most part. Well, I mean, we could have figured that part out. You know, he didn't yeah. need to be there for a while. But uh, so we get the show. We get the show going and we just say, fuck, it. you know, let's let's hope for the best. So we do start the show. And for those who don't know, Back to the Future Cup, uh, first one was last year, smashed right in between Jay Lit Night 1, Night 2. Yes. And this has become essentially a showcase for the AIW students and uh, younger talent that, well, you know, there were, there were, this year was a little in. different. This year was a little different. There were guys that you've seen, uh, other smaller it's not, it's, feds before. It's not necessarily for just the AIW students. Yeah. Obviously, they're a big part of it. But it's just for, like, showcasing guys that, are are on their way up that might not necessarily make their way on a normal r- AIW car. All AIW shows, you know, yeah. regular AIW shows. But guys that, you know, we don't have like a developmental or anything, you know what I mean? So right, it's like right. let's let's take this opportunity and, you know, put these guys on there and kind of introduce them and see how they do and, you know, guys could go out there and they could they could totally bomb or not connect with the fans, and then you know what I mean. I've, okay, you guys, you're not going to work. You know, on to the next one. Right. Uh, so we're kind of, you know, we've experimented several times with different events on the Saturday afternoon for, of Jail It Weekend, uh, and last year I think that this, uh, th- this really, this really, you know, stood out a little bit and kind of made it a little bit more special and gave the students kind of a, you know, a. Uh, a place on the weekend, right. so to speak. You would, right. you would never know from the DVD sales on SmartMark video, but um, as John said, you know, it, it last year for sure it gave someone like myself, someone like Brian Carson, someone like Dr. Dan, you know, it gave us a spot on Jail Weekend that we didn't think we were going to have because, you know, those 24 spots are coveted and, you know, it's, it's hard to break through and get to one of those 24 spots. And it's a show full of a smaller tournament and then we've got some additional matches that get thrown in there kind of to break it up. But well attended on this afternoon, I will say. Very well attended. Right. And I think, you know, I think it's kind of goes into, you know, we were really pushing that weekend combo ticket um, and just, you know, trying to trying to trying to make people understand, like, hey, like good stuff is going to happen in the afternoon, too. Like, let's make a weekend out of it. Right. Um, And, you know, it it went, I would say, a million times better than last year's event. 100 percent. Sure. Night and day. The first match, on, day. first match on that show, uh, two names that were more recently familiar to AIW fans between Marino Tanaglia and Colby Red, a couple of guys that we uh, had on the Tequila Jack show prior yeah, to. Uh, Colby Red is an AIW student. He's been training with us for several months. Uh, Marino Tanaglia, he, he trained uh, at the Mega School, and he started kind of you know, du- doubling up and training at both schools now. Um, so we figured, hey, you know, let's let's give these guys an opportunity on the show. Um, definitely a weird matchup that you know they don't really encounter 
they, they don't work a lot of shows where yeah, they they're going to cross paths very cross often. paths. Um, so we figured, hey, you know, let's let's see let's see what happens here. You know, Marino is a very underrated small you know kind of cruiserweight type of talent uh and colby red has you know he i think he has a big future he just has to figure out you know what exactly he is and what he wants to be sort of thing you know i think he's still in that like kind of like learning curve process yeah uh the next match was one of the first to really impact jaylet night two and how that card turned out but this was gary the king baller and aj gray this this would have probably been one of my more favorite matches of the weekend. Um, for those of you who kind of came out and saw AJ Gray for the first time, uh, AJ Gray is kind of a tale of perseverance. AJ started riding up with either Colin Delaney or Sean Schultz on any given show that they were on, and there was there was never necessarily a spot for AJ. But AJ would always go up to John or Chandler before he got sick, and they, he would say, "Hey, what can I do to help, guys?" And he ran, he tended bar, he ran the concession stand, he helped tear the ring down. He, he was like the bar back for Nick Sanka, like yeah, he was right. getting for ice, whole year. taking garbage out. Interesting side story, uh, Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham uh, knew so little about AJ Gray that we were at WrestleMania weekend. I did not show. know a little. Uh, stop. I, I'll, I'll bring you on when I want to bring oh, you on, man. Dr. Dan. Okay. <laughs> So, Dr. Dan didn't uh, really necessarily know AJ Gray besides, oh, hey, the AIW bartender, AJ Gray. So, AJ Gray is in his wrestling gear, and Dr. Dan goes, oh, man, you don't just bartend, you wrestle too? Which was a clear joke. I knew he wrestled, or else why would he be there for all those shows? I was just well, trying to rib him a little bit. That's all I was trying to do. Oh, yeah. Well, he sure, got, he sure got the last laugh on you on that one. Notarib.com. Well, yeah, notarib.com. A good friend, Bruce Pritchard. AJ opened a lot of eyes. Uh, in that match. He fucking opened my eyes, yeah. I'll tell you that. So, back, like, AJ Gray, I've gotten a chance to see AJ do some stuff. Um, I've done I'd, a lot of work in the I want to point out, I want to point out, I never saw AJ Gray wrestle one second in my life. I remember that I Until told that Thorne, day. I said, I gave him a spot just based on him being a good dude and coming up and hanging out and not being annoying and not saying, hey, can you book me? He was just there. He was just there and uh, just, you know, was just very respectful, nice guy. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? We got a lot of different, we got a lot of kind of spots to play with this year for the Back to the Future Cup. Sure. I'm going to give one to AJ Gray. He could have been the worst fucking wrestler in the world. I didn't, I didn't know any better. Yep. And for once again, I, I, I'd gotten the chance to watch AJ uh, wrestle a few times. I'd also known AJ's background. AJ was a Division One AA linebacker at Austin P University. So um, to wow. say he's a freak athlete would be a I little bit of an understatement. Um, so needless to say, Steve, he opened up a lot of eyes against Gary the King Baller. So I'm watching this match with Adam Cole. And uh, he goes, oh, who's this fucking guy? I go, well, I go, Gary's one of our students. And I go, and this guy, uh, he was basically just rolling up and being a bartender for a while. So I gave him a spot. So then they had this fucking match. And like, I don't know. It's like in the first couple minutes. <laughs> and Colin Delaney stands up, who's in the crowd just watching. And he is very familiar with AJ Gray because he was living in the South for a while. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Colin Delaney starts running around as Gary the King Baller is out on the floor and AJ Gray <laughs> is looking at the top rope and Colin Delaney starts jumping around and running and just starts going, do something crazy, do something crazy, do something crazy. <laughs> and I go, what the fuck is going on? 
H.A. Gray is like a big guy. Like, he's a thick dude. Yeah. Gary the King Baller, not a big guy. (laughs) Gary the King Baller is on the floor. Balling. He can spend a little more time in the gym. And A.J. Gray goes to the top rope. And I go, what the fuck is this guy going to do? There's no way Gary is going to catch this guy. And then A.J. Gray goes and does this fucking moonsault and just eats shit on the fucking concrete. Just annihilates Gary. And in the like, just splat. Gary is just splat. Flat. The most sickening, one of the most sickening thuds you will ever hear is AJ Gray. And then, and then AJ ground. Gray just kills himself on the fucking floor, and the crowd just erupts. And then fucking AJ Gray gets up and he's fucking pumped. He just pops up. Yeah. Yeah. Like and nothing Ad- ever happened. And Adam Cole looks at me. He goes, "This fucking bartender you got is crazy, dude." <laughs> <laughs> um. And then as the match progresses. AJ, I, I've known AJ Gray, like I said, so I know how athletic he is, um, but I was not ready for him to bust out a Phoenix Splash at one point. And miss right. and eat shit again. I mean, so right, so right, at this, right at this point where AJ Gray eats shit on a Phoenix Splash and I assume has broken <laughs> every bone. at least his face. <laughs> I look to my right and I see a young Ryan Kaplan walking in the door. <laughs> who just decided he wasn't going to tell anybody yet again that he was just in town and popping by. And I look at Ryan Kaplan, who's loading himself up on a free hot dog and a pizza. <laughs> Matt Wazer style. And I go, I see this fucking gentleman in the ring who's just killed himself multiple times very dangerously and recklessly. <laughs> yeah. And I look at Kaplan. Tossing some fucking condiments on his hot dog that he just stole and doesn't realize I witnessed. And I go, you know what? The boys are going to be pissed. But I think I'm adding a match tonight to the jail at night, too. I believe I came up to you and I go, Thorne, if you don't add Kaplan versus AJ Gray, I'm going to be very upset. And I've already already made the decision. (laughs) I was very happy. But the best thing about this, though, is... I think I asked Kaplan, hey, Kaplan, do you ever hear? Not thinking like, oh, hey, if Kaplan has a shirt and some athletic shorts, he's, he's good. He's good. Yeah. So much to the uh, dismay of all the guys wrestling on jail at night, too, I added a fucking 10th match uh, because I just felt like, how can you not? You know what, what? I mean? And Give the people what they want. I had several people complain to me. Like, hey, the crowd's going to be dead for the main. Nobody's going to care about this match or that match. And my response was simply this. The guys that are in the main are already fucking known stars. That's why they're going to be in the main. Said, these fucking two guys right here, nobody knows who the fuck they are. And they're about to become stars tonight. If they do what I am imagining they're going to do in my head. (laughs) So I said... I'm sorry to all you guys that are going to be pissed about a dead crowd. What are you doing? Stop. 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 Trying to keep himself from hiccuping, I think. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. Like, we're adding this match tonight. And Kaplan was very pissed because he was fucking fucking woofing down hot dogs at the time. (laughs) More on that match later as we continue continue down with uh, the Backs of the Future Cup. Uh, Then we have PB Smooth. Uh, taking on Philly Collins. 
Philly, another one of those guys. Philly and Marino, of course, tag team. The Philly Marino experience. If you're familiar with AIW, you've seen them maybe once or twice at this point. Uh, well, by the time this comes out, you maybe you've even seen them a third or fourth time uh, with Night of the Creeps. But that was another one. And then Jonathan Wolf, which was a young guy that we had mentioned previously we'd be throwing on the match, and he makes his way into the Back to the Future Cup. Philly Collins? PB Smooth? Oh, I was talking about Jonathan Wolf. Jonathan Wolf? Uh, Jonathan Wolf. Uh, I guess I'll toss that one out there. Uh, I, I first met Jonathan Wolf um, at the, when he was a spry young 17-year-old in Indiana. I had a booking in Indiana. And uh, I was actually. What is he? Seventeen and a half now. He's eighteen. Now. He's eighteen. He's officially eighteen. He's so it's cool. No worries. No worries. Uh, Jonathan Wolf, uh, son of Chairman Joey Owens of IW Mid South fame, um, has been wrestling since he was sixteen. Um, I met I met him, and probably the best thing that happened for young Jonathan Wolf was burgeoning a friendship WrestleMania weekend with Joshua Bishop, because Joshua Bishop spent a lot of time with John Thorne WrestleMania weekend, and. He would not stop bringing up Jonathan Wolf to Thorne, so yeah. it was almost forced to book him just so Joshua Bishop would shut up. I never just, fucking seen a Jonathan Wolf match in my life. Well, that was the second time we saw him in AIW, and that match he took on uh, Malcolm Monroe the Third. Who that yeah, Malcolm Monroe the Third is fucking awesome. And that was the second yes. time we saw him at AIW. You know, they right. made their presence known kind of, uh, as the again the Tequila Jack show right before that. So then. Well, I mean, let's fucking talk about that fucking match because that match is fucking awesome. With those two, just doing just insane things. The so whole many things. Time. A lot of crazy in a different way. Mm, like, mm, uh, Malcolm Monroe the third. Mm three fucking third generation fucking indie wrestler. Right. I don't want to say third generation wrestler. You know that very could be very misinterpreted. Third generation <laughs> indie wrestler Malcolm Monroe the third. Uh, very underrated. Fucking. Uh, he's. He's a guy that does a fucking lot of innovative and cool shit. Uh, and him and Jonathan Wolf know each other, so they f- fucking went and did all sorts of dangerous shit. They did like a fucking on the run reverse Rana. I've never fucking seen anything like yeah. that. Uh, like a lot of people, like like Dom kind of noted earlier, a lot of people sleep on the Back to the Future show. Like last year, it sold awful on yeah. Smart Mark Video. This show is really fucking good. Yeah. Like, oh, top to bottom, yeah. Really, really fucking good. Uh, especially if you want to see some guys that are going to be the guys in a few years. Like, obviously, they're not going to be the guys right now, but yeah. these these are guys that are going to be fucking really good uh, in a few years. And this match, is, I think, is definitely kind of like, you know, the the fucking. Uh, the showcase of fucking what the kind of future is going to hold. Yeah. And that's and that's a conversation me and you have had, Thorne, of like where people, they just want what's next now. They don't want to take the time to watch the development. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like if, when you go back now and think in a couple years when a guy like MM3 or a guy like Jonathan Wolf, you know, is blowing it up real big on the scene, you're going to want to think like, oh, man, crazy to think they did this in AIW and none of us cared. Right. Well, and I, if you follow somebody on social media, you're friends with them on social media, and you know you saw tweets or Facebook posts that they went to the JLIT weekend and they attended the Back to the Future Cup. Look, you don't have to take our word for it because we're involved if you don't want to, but ask them. And I think anybody that was in attendance at the Back to the Future Cup will tell you they're blown away by this show. No doubt, no doubt. I thought far and away it was, it's one of the better AIW shows of the year, I mean, from a top-to-bottom card.
What's up, everybody? This is Alex, Worldwide Keller, reporting to you live from my podcast timeout, live from the beach. That's right, I've been out here as penance for my recent performance on the podcast. I just did 500 Hindus in the hot, hot sun, and we got a hot, hot new item, an original from the Frick Store Traveler. That's right, coming out with his first design. It is Luna Vachon in the style of Wendy O. Williams from the Plasmatics and uh, designed by none other than Shill. Shill designed a good shirt and boy did she ever. This thing's going to be going up for $24.99 at thriftstorejobber.bigcartel.com. These bad boys will be shipping. These bad girls, excuse me, will be shipping sometime in the neighborhood of mid-July. Order now, order hard. Order worldwide and at Rip Door Well, so the next match as we roll into oh. it, this is where things got interesting Thanks in the, the Back to the Future Cup. Next match we roll into the Back to the Future Cup, and it's super crazy versus Little Guido. The, the match I set up at the jail at night yes. one after party. And they roll Shut around up. for a bit. I'm about to say, shut up, because let's not mention the taintedness of this match, Steve. All right. And we're not even talking about the super tainted part. And all in the end, I just blame uh, Weird Body Evan Adams for causing those Jimmy Ray family problems, because this was originally supposed to be Jimmy Ray and Little Guido, but... It was. It was. A third person interjects himself into the match. That happened. Steve Payne somehow got him. Steve Payne, from, from what I've heard... This is from the locker room banter. Was that Guido? Let's tie it back to last episode. Guido, being the most self-conscious wrestler of all time, was walking around going, "I just can't do it. I just I, I, everybody expects so much out of me and he crazy. Was nervous. They're gonna yeah. expect us to do ECW. I can't do that anymore. I got a kid. I'm 50. Um, so of course, Steve Payne took it upon himself to interject and say because, and I will add, when I brought up the idea of. The match, uh-huh. Steve Payne was within earshot and apparently looking at me, <laughs> and he thought that I meant super crazy and Steve Payne have a match on the afternoon. Oh. Uh, which, I don't know why he would have thought that. But he did. But he did. So, uh, I think he started kind of, you know, dabbling his, uh, you know, hey, you guys want me in there? Sure. Uh, in which I told Guido, I really thing. don't want him in there. But Guido was very adamant uh, that he could not hang. This is probably leads to one of my favorite moments of the show where Steve Payne comes out. Steve Payne, for those of you guys who are AIW fans, uh, big baby face. People love Steve Payne. They Steve do. Payne then proceeds to come out and cut a heel promo about how no one wants to watch these two old guys wrestle, to which Cole Cabana for the, goes, I do. And then I know that Tracy Williams and Eddie Kingston are on commentary, and they go, we want to see this match as a singles match. Uh, Steve Payne then interjects himself. And they had already been rolling, rolling around for a couple minutes. Then. Yeah. And, and people were all about yeah. you know, this That's ECW. The thing. Guido, Guido, Guido can be as self-conscious as he wants, but he could have just done a couple arm drags, a Sicilian slice, and that crowd would have been very They were happy. loving it. Steve Payne is, he's no Tajiri, that's for sure. I'll say that much. <laughs> you heard it. 
You heard it there from oh, Weird there Body. I'm not sure what just happened there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think worldwide. Oh. Baby All right. Fell. The, the alcohol is, is officially affecting worldwide. So this match goes on. It's still it's still an entertaining yeah. match with Steve Payne in there. Uh, you know, he's a good base guy. So they're going to do some certain things. And uh, then it comes time. And Super Crazy is going to be doing his moonsaults. Yes. Oh, jeez. Multiple moonsaults. Multiple moonsaults. And we got to number one. We got, we got halfway through number one, and uh, I would say Thorne will probably agree this is one of the scariest moments of his promoting career. Um, We've never, ever, ever had a problem with our ring, ever. Right. No matter how much people hate it, that ring has been tried and trusted. People hate us. it because it's fucking... It's stiff. It's put together, like, fucking tight. Simple exactly. Um, so Super Crazy goes off the bottom rope to do the first moonsault, um, springs, and a snap is heard throughout the building. That would be the rope breaking. The and it's not like collapses. And it's not like a turnbuckle breaks, the fucking actual steel cable fucking snap. Well, just splinters in through, all hindsight, throughout the throughout the the rope. In all hindsight, I'm worried to death because I'm going to tighten the ropes in the morning for the movie and everything else. So I think, dear God, I probably just killed Super Crazy. Luckily, as Thorne said though, we noticed that the literal steel cable snapped. Yeah. And Super Crazy Mid Moonsault ends up pulling the Hayabusa, as anybody in the wrestling business would know. And I'm pretty sure we all think Super Crazy is either dead or has broken his neck. Yep. So. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, in that moment, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I, I don't, I mean, I go over to check on him, but then there's some movement, and I don't and know then, who the referee was. And then next thing we know, literally next thing we know, Super Crazy is up on the other turnbuckle, and he is doing two more moonsaults, finishes, and collapses, because likely he broke his neck. But he walked around after, um, remedied, and he seemed Page, fine. Pedro, Pedro, who has like some medical training, uh, goes and checks on him and you know runs some tests on his neck and does some certain things. Um, and you know he determines that you know his neck is not broken, right. uh, but is gonna it's severely sprained. His it's like sw- it swells up instantly. Oh, definitely. Uh, probably like I'm terrified. To, I'm terrified to go near Super Crazy for a good twenty five minutes. Well, I go down later on and ask and check on him. And to Super Crazy's credit, I mean, this is such a dear of a man. Like I literally go, I go, oh, I'm, are you okay? I'm so sorry. And he's, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, what, thinking, what the hell are you sorry for, man? You know, fucking rope just broke. And, he, and he's like, no, I do that all, all the time. It never happened, never happened. And then he just pats his belly and he just goes, oh, I'm a little heavier now, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's what it was. So that's, that's the story of that match. But, Steve, I'm sorry to tell you, you actually skipped a match. Yeah, because this plays that, into that the match, rope break story. That match uh, actually all is in this room right now. Yeah. So oh, I'm going to check out. I'm going to check out. About I'm going to hand this that. microphone to young Evan Adams. Because I'm looking at a, I'm sorry, I'm looking at a recap, and they had you guys out of order. Well, no, we were uh, right sure, before the, recap, the uh, super crazy you, little Guido match. That you was were. In, and it, that's what we did. We had our was, tag match right before. Yeah, it was right after tag team. The Weird World. Yeah. The Weird World. on. Dedication personified. That's correct. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's it, it was definitely one of the matches on the show. It was. I will agree. It was. Uh, it, it was. 
definitely one of the better matches because uh, the Weird World won. So that's I, good. I mean, that's I debatable, that but. It was, it was <laughs> One, a good, good, good learning experience on, uh, on exactly what to do at a show like that. It goes with all the tournament matches. We, uh, we kind of saw some stuff that worked with that crowd and some things that didn't, and uh, definitely a learning experience on that match. Yeah, for sure. We uh, knew what we were doing, though. Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I took you Some guys things just didn't work. The well, limit I mean, broke your guys' limit. You guys got pinned, and uh, you know, the next match we had oh. was for the tag title, so maybe if you, uh, you could have... We got screwed. We got screwed. Because World I learned an potato. awesome new move that now he uses hey, all the time. not my boy. Hey, don't put it Here's in the, the thing. Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham. Okay, here we go. I'm going to lay it all down on the table. <laughs> oh, you blew me up, you dirty, no good, <laughs> demented, uh, rapscallion son of a bitch. But that inspired me. To uh, get on that cardio train. Well, that's what I do. I inspire. Yeah, you fucking inspired me, you asshole. Also, you inspired me to incorporate the uh, the nasty German. <laughs> Is that what you're going to call it? The ugly Deutsch into my repertoire. And I can never... I can never fucking uh, love you enough for that. But also, I'll never stop hating you until there's one Adam in my life. Because you are just trash. You're shit. And I hate you, Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, more than anything on this earth. Man, I don't like, like how you put him over, man. Like, DCR is a cancer. What? Like, for sure. What? I mean, let's look at our track history, man. Where's Joshua Singh? Where's Joshua Singh? Where That's my Joshua question. If he we blue rays, he's collecting yeah. blue rays. Don't yeah, you dude, him on you you killed his spirit. I didn't you kill dampened him. his fire. I like. I worry. I feel like Swaggle's probably gonna retire. Carson's probably gonna retire, brother. No I'm plans. happy. No plans that on that. Carson no is not retiring as of right now. He's right here. He's right here. He's yeah. right for no right plans now, to retire, man. For yeah. right now, I'm gonna walk right out. Here, I'm gonna walk out this door just like, oh fuck wrestling. I'm you know. The hell with the last like four years of my life. You yeah, know, I'm brother. just gonna go on to something else. I'm gonna be in a Hey man, it's happened before. You like movies enough. <laughs> Weird body, brother. We beat these guys on yeah. two and one and a half hours of sleep. That's true. I would love to see us face these two men, Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham and goddamn uh, Brian Excellence personified a fucking Carson. I would like to see the two of these. Best way someone's ever pronounced it. Four to six hours of sleep and see how bad we just myrtleize these two J Browns. Myrtleize? Uh, uh, we don't need to. Like, we already beat them. I mean, okay. I don't know what you're trying to prove. Like, beat them again? Another Come on. Time, that's beating place. a dead horse, and we got two of the fucking... Well, and we're moving on. And moving on. Learning experience. I was pleased with the match. match was okay. The match. It was a learning experience, and congratulations, you motherfuckers. Okay. Yes, so well, thank, so glad you got that. that one going in there. Doc. Here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying. I'm being equal opportunist here. So These young men were rope, rope, rope breaks. It was good. It was good. Maybe rope breaks. We're freaking out. Maybe maybe he was trying to skip that skip that match and the breakdown on purpose. So I got some experience here. So the rope breaks. Carson and I. The rope breaks in full gear. Everybody freaking out. Yes. Jump in my car. Yep. Drive to old school iron. In full gear and pick up yeah. the... Uh, I'm still in my boots and everything because like we just got down the ring. I get outside to get some air. And I'm drinking a beer with um, with uh, AJ Gray. And we're, he's talking about his match and everything and blah, blah, whatever. Here comes Dan 
still in his singlet and everything and whatever, and his face is beat red. And he looks at me, we got to go to Old School Iron. I'm like, what the fuck for? And he's like, the rope just broke. I'm like, what rope? He's like, the fucking ring. So we run inside. The match is still going on. I'm, I, I can't see because like, there's still a lot of people, and I see one rope, two rope. And I guess I forgot there's three fucking ropes on a ring. And I'm like, damn, what the fuck are you talking about? Easy nothing with F-bombs, man. Like, nothing broke. Chill. Well, I was pissed at this point. I'm recalling, I'm, rel- I'm reliving my emotions in this now. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, okay, there's no bottom rope. All right, so yeah. So what, it took us like an hour to go to Old School Iron and I, come back? The longest drive of all time. Got there, got the rope. Because 71 was closed going there, so we had to take the back roads the entire way. We get the old school iron. I at least threw on like a hoodie and sweatpants. This guy goes in full gimmick and everything, just walking through the gym in his DCR pink and black and green singlet and wrestling shoes. And we walk out with ropes and like everyone's just kind of looking at us going, what, like, what the hell is this? And I'm just like doing the old head nod to everyone that's doing shrugs and curls and everything. We get back and, well... What? Like, oh. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Anyway. So, so that was that. This then leads into, we've got a broken rope. And now, the very next match, if you could plan out a worst case scenario. I mean, I guess there could be worse ones, but this is certainly up there. There are five young gentlemen and Kurt Hurts about to make... Are you insinuating that Kurt Hurts is not a young gentleman there, Steve? Uh, they're about to make their pretty much debut. What I, mean, what what I meant for. to say is there are five young gentlemen about to Let's, make their okay, debut. That was pretty Kurt much Hurts. Kurt Hurts' debut. Well, what about, uh, yeah. what about Trey? Trey debuted in the last Trey match. Trey debuted. Yeah, yeah. Trey Fair. They're Mount Carmel debut. Enough with the semantics. Let's get to the point. Point is, this is their big debut, so to speak. Biggest crowd they've been in front of. And they've got two ropes. I do remember going back. You're their um, trainer, Dom. What, are you, what uh, the hell are you thinking? Allegedly, I'm their trainer. Um, <laughs> so I go back, and I, I, all, oh, of are, I, all of them are all smiles and hugging me. I'm like, uh, guys, there's only two ropes. Um, love you guys. Um, best of luck. Um, any spots you guys might have had planned with the bottom rope, uh, throw them out. Yeah, and I, so I see them in the gorilla position, and I see that there's two ropes, and I just walked out of the building because I go, these fucking kids are dead. And like yes. this is like I was like I cannot watch. John Thorne pulled a pin out of a grenade, tossed it to me, and said, "Here you go, Dom. Get these kids through." I said, "They're dead." I said, "This is it. Like it's over." I went back. I said, "I said, I said they're dead before they fucking go out." Because like this is the worst case scenario. I will tell you this: in talking to Joshua Bishop after the fact, and we're recalling this, he said that he's standing back there in a gorilla. And he's looking over at you because you're to the right thinking, uh, are we still going to do this? What do we do? What do we do? And he's like, I'm pretty sure intentionally John Thorne was not making eye contact with oh, us just yes. to see how we yeah. were reacting. Like I said, it was at that moment that I knew that I had to look at the ropes and then I had to go back and say, guys, you're going with two ropes. Uh, hugged every single one of them. Said, best of luck, guys. Traxler, hit their music. And hit it did. Yeah, uh, And like people like, oh, just, you know, like... Just wait. You know, they're getting another rope. And I was like, dude, that's going to be an hour. Nope. We have to go. You know had, what I mean? We had a Coca Bana podcast plan. There was way too much. There was no time to wait for the rope. Oh, yeah. We had absolutely no time to wait for the so rope. So there was no choice but to go in and say, guys, uh, sorry about this really crappy predicament, but it's going to be a hell of a story. What did you guys have? I mean, all of you, Dan, you know, you, you go to training, obviously, with these guys. You work with them a little bit. All three of you, what are your expectations going into this? Even even Carson works with them. I mean, overall, 
the, the match, the premise of a six-way scramble is essentially a car crash. So I was expecting these guys to, do, to have a car crash. But each of the students is different in their own way. You got a guy like Anthony and a guy like Trey, two extremely athletic individuals who are going to kind of be your flippy bases of the match. They're going to do your real flash. Then you've got two, like three bigger guys in the match in terms of Parker Pierce, Joshua Bishop, and Big Twan Tucker. All these young men are, are larger guys, probably going to have a more hard-hitting style. Um, definitely was surprised that Josh Bishop's fire. He'd been a kid who'd been very quiet at training, and I was honestly worried about if he'd have that fire coming out for the crowd, but... I, I would assume it was those Bishop 316 signs in the crowd that fired him up. Um, and then, of course, you have Kurt Hertz, who, um, legend of the podcast, and in John Thorne's opinion, the worst professional wrestler of all time. Kurt Hertz? Kurt Hertz. No, he's not the, like, that's his gimmick, is he's the worst professional wrestler of all time. I know. And I'll tell you what, from the crowd. he came right from the crowd, Thorne. Doesn't yeah, but he fucked it up because he didn't exit through the crowd. He oh. didn't, you were right. Yeah. Um, but no, I had I actually had high hopes even with the broken rope. I was a little more optimistic than Thorne uh, because I knew how hard these guys been working. Um, most of them had been training for almost a year, uh, getting ready for this debut. Yeah, and sadly we missed it. Me and Carson. Yeah, I mean, Carson I was I. I was upset that I I missed it. But um, like you know, again, we've been working with these guys for. I mean, uh, Trey was had been training for like a year at that point. Josh had been training for like nine months, ten months. They were all no, none of them had been training less than ten months. Well, I thought Anthony started training in like no. Anthony came about two weeks September, after Josh. Like yeah, I think he was like September. It was, it was anywhere between eight to ten months. All well, of them had been training, anyway, and Trey was yeah, over. Yeah, and like, but like we we see these we see these guys, you know, twice a week. They're with us at shows. They're doing ring crew and everything. We know ah, uh, some of them. Some are of doing them. Ring I'm crew. Sorry, yes, you're right. Allegedly, allegedly. Some There's of them no alleged on that one. I'm no. not I'm not throwing the alleged on that one. <laughs> so anyway. So like yeah, we know what these guys are capable of doing, and we know like we they can like they can have a great training match all they want, but now not only are we throwing them out there in front of a live crowd during jail at weekend, now all they have is two ropes to work with. So I'm and then you know when when you know we made, when I made my debut in, in our in our match, Perfect the worst storm. the worst thing that happened was young Ryan Fairley unfortunately blew his shoulder out, and that was towards the end of the match. You know these guys now from the start of it are dealing with two ropes. So, you know, you're thinking, well, and then, I, again, Dan, we didn't know that they had the match, but, I mean, the fact that they powered through it and got through the match, and, like, it didn't affect them doing anything that they, you know, were planning on doing. It was I awesome. Think it was, was a testament to them, and then I think also a testament of, of all of us, and, like, what we have put them through a training so far. To be fair, unless you're Dominic Garini, I don't know if you really need the bottom rope. In hindsight, do I really need the bottom rope? <laughs> For that fucking step up, step up Superman punch. I mean, I to... <laughs> a little wave, brother. A little wave. Do, Are you not hopping that shit them. from like straight from the second row, brother? Were well, you I guys? Do it, but it makes Thorne no Dom, were you guys happy with the way the crowd reacted to this match? So I left the building for a while because I felt so bad that their careers were over before it started. <laughs> and fuck you. Well. And then I was I was on the commentary. It was me and Alex yeah. on the commentary because uh, in Johnny and Candace's absence, um, which they are usually back around once a month, me and Alex have kind of taken the reins along with help from Dr. Ian and Brian. So we decided we wanted to do the commentary since we thought, you know, we knew the kids the best. Right. Um, and I always remember Johnny could never watch any of our matches because he said he was so scared. He would pace in the, um, he'd pace stairwell, in the stairwell, Mount Carmel. Oh, yeah, I remember and in all hindsight, I almost family. wish that I was able to pace in the stairwell during that match and just listen to the crowd reactions because, yeah, I was very excited with the crowd reactions. 
Um, this is awesome chance, AIW chance, all that stuff was great. Um, I, I really think that the kids went out and overperformed. So I walk up about halfway through, and like, I walk up, and they are just fucking hitting everything. Like, I walk up, and Trey Lamar does this. The first thing I see is Trey Lamar doing this fucking crazy, like, fucking Fosbury flop fucking dive. And then it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And they're fucking hitting all this stuff. And the place is losing their minds. And it's yeah. like, you know, they had a lot of people there to see them. But, like, it was the whole crowd. Yeah, it, wasn't fair, like, it wasn't like yeah. just their people that were losing it. Yeah, it let's, let's be fair. The AIW regulars that are there every show were going nuts. They were going nuts. Going they were loving nuts. it. Yeah. And uh, I was like, holy shit. You know, like, and I'll never forget, like, so right around that time, you know, like, right in this time frame when I come up, there's a spot where fucking it was a coast-to-coast spot where fucking Parker Pierce is in the corner, but there's no bottom rope. And fucking Trey Lamar fucking smokes him with the coast to coast. And he has nowhere to go but fucking straight to the fucking floor because there's no right. bottom rope. I was like, that kind of made it fucking cooler. Because it looked very painful. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said, all those kids went out there and over-delivered. Um, and in the end, of course, uh, the, the biggest white me baby face now to ever come out of the IW school, young Chase Oliver. From Cocoa Beach. Cocoa Beach. Cocoa, Cocoa Beach, Beach, Florida. Cocoa Beach, Florida. Chase Oliver. Uh, busting out that shooting star press uh, gets the gets the W and overall, like I had said, couldn't be prouder of those kids coming out and uh, doing very well for themselves. And and we'll get to that later on. But even that match then led to uh, the final. Uh, a, a yeah, fun we had little. We had, night a, we had the final back. Well, we had the final for the Back to the Future Cup. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Well, that was based on all sorts the of student scramble, right? So, yes, but then following that match, we do have the final for the Back to the Future Cup. It is uh, PB Smooth, uh, Gary the King Baller, and Jonathan Wolf. Jonathan Wolf. And Marino. And Marino Tanaglia. Four way there. Uh, another one, complete chaos. Uh, These guys also got to work with fucking no bottom rope. No bottom rope once again. And I, I don't think there's anybody there that necessarily has to do anything with a bottom rope. It just is. Which was it just throws. It just throws. Yeah. It just throws you it, off. It does. It does. And figure out what you're going to do with the match. I'm sure there's all sorts of adjustments you need to make. To your point with the student match, if you're sitting in the bottom corner, there, there's no bottom rope to lean on or anything. Plenty of adjustments. They power through. They have a a, a great entertaining match, and the return of Frankie Flynn. The return of Frankie Flynn. People hadn't seen him for a little bit. Well, he was on the Tequila Jack show, but yeah, it's kind of a you know like those Tequila Jack shows are kind of like I don't want to say they're house shows because that kind of gives it like a certain like fucking like stigma or whatever. But like they are they are the AIW Black and Gold brand essentially. Those Tequila Jack shows. Yeah, they're just you know they're, like they are the NXT of pe- kind of certain AIW. people. Not everybody just wants to make that trek all the way out to Minara on the Lake. Is what it comes down to. It's it, more venue. And more we tried yeah, different it. things. But uh, so we put Flynn on that, you know, because he had been hurt uh, just to see where he was at and how he performed. 2016 Back to the Future Cup winner. So, you know, he's he, he gets through it or whatever, but, uh, you know, it not still a little rusty, I guess, you know, because he hadn't been wrestling in a while for a while. But uh, anyway, Frankie Flynn makes his official big return to the to the main roster of sorts uh at back to the future cup uh a different different attitude so to speak oh yeah uh you know he's very upset about pb smooth taking his spot on the roster 
hello, Mr. Whiskers. And uh, Frankie Flynn took this so seriously that as soon as his promo was done... After he bashes PB in the leg. He has a hairstylist waiting for him in the locker room. <laughs> she is ready to go. Plugged in. All of a sudden, I don't know who this woman is, right? <laughs> I don't know who this woman is, but I go down to the locker room and there's just a woman there. I go, who are you? Why are you here? Because I'm right, I'm with Frankie Flynn. I said, well, what the fuck does that mean? Frankie Flynn comes down, points at this woman, brings her further into the locker room. Well, what the fuck is going on? This lady pulls out all this equipment, plugs in, puts a fucking smock on fucking Frankie Flynn, and starts cutting his hair right in the locker room. So what the fuck are you doing, man? He goes, it's a new era. I need a new look. And he gets a haircut right then and there. So he looks completely different for his match later on that night at Jail at Night 2. He was not the only one that partook in the haircut. Yeah, because Tom Lawler goes, hey, can I get in on that? I got this fucking stupid Dan Severn dye job. <laughs> yep, he did not like it. He, he gets, and then people just start fucking getting haircuts. Steve Guy got a haircut. I got a haircut after Tom Lawler. Everyone, right. Frankie Flynn paid the girl for the hour, so fuck. During, during Cole Cabana podcast time was also haircut time. Tom Lawler got the haircut, trimmed the mustache. He was ready to go for night two. Different look. And well. at this time, Joey Janela arrives. Thank goodness. And I Finally, go, dude, everyone thought you were dead. You also go, dude, did you jack up my room? Because that was the other rumor, was that Janela just trashed your room. You were thinking. I, no, actually, I didn't say that. You said that as soon as you I walked to the door. Because I heard it from another source. And he, he came up to me and said, I didn't ruin your room. He says, Dom's yelling at me. I, no, I was told to, by another source that Joey Janela. Yeah, but he said you me. yelled at him as soon as he walked to the door. I No. Allegedly, I go, Joey, did you jack up Thorne's room? And he goes, no, I didn't. I said, okay. So I go, where have you been, man? He said, I woke up, and the clock in the room said 144. So I went back to bed. Then I woke up, and the clock in the room said 144. So I called down to the front desk. I said, what time is it? And they said, it's 6 p.m. <laughs> so he, I don't know if he took a taxi or how the fuck he got there, but he got there. So, so Joey Janela was found. Thank goodness. So the mystery of the daytime is resolved. And then we finally are able to roll into the actual jail at night, too. Which is going to have to be another episode. And that, folks, you're going to have to wait to hear next week. So that was the day two. And we will tell you more about JLit Night 2 and the after party on next week's episode of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. On behalf, once again, of Brian Carson, Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, Weird Body Evan Adams, Alex Worldwide Keller, Dominic Carini, and John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week. And we will... End the saga of Jay Lit Weekend.